If we hang around with someone long enough, there are little things that can pop up that can distract us from the heart of the relationship. It might be the way another person eats, dresses, or even folds the towels. And even as I say that, and as you're hearing it, it might sound kind of trivial. After all, these are differences or annoyances in areas that aren't likely to make or break a relationship. But they're not so trivial when they become distractions that suck up our attention. Our question this episode: How should we approach sensitive topics that have to do with someone's personal habits? Welcome to episode fifty-three of How Can I Say This, where we look to build connection and community through courageous conversations. I'm your host Beth Bilo, and I'm super glad you've joined me today. This episode focuses on a listener question about giving feedback to someone about a personal quirk that really bothers them. When I read the question, I found myself stumped a little bit, so I decided to call on my friend and colleague Arden Kleiss. If you're a regular listener, you might remember her from our conversation in episode five, which serves as a good companion episode to this one. I'll include a link to that on the episode webpage at howcanisaythis.com. If our conversation sounds more casual than most on this show, it's because Arden and I have known each other for almost ten years, and we spent about five of those as accountability partners. Whenever I have an etiquette question, she's the first person I check with, so she's the perfect person to offer insight on this particular listener question. Arden Kleiss is founder and president of Kleiss Etiquette. Her love of business etiquette began in previous jobs when she was frequently asked for etiquette, public speaking, and business attire advice by executives and board members. The passion for etiquette took hold and compelled Arden to start a consulting business to help others. Today, as a professional trainer, coach, speaker, and author, Arden has helped thousands of professionals, from executives to frontline staff, confidently. And comfortably navigate business situations for career success. She is the author of "Spinach in Your Teeth: Essential Etiquette for Professional Success." Hey, Arden, welcome back to How Can I Say This? It's great to um, have you as a repeat guest on the podcast. Well, thanks. I'm glad to be back. Well, you immediately came to mind when I got this listener question.、Um, it was submitted anonymously through the website, and here's what they wanted advice on. They wrote, "How do I tell a member of my family about their eating habit, about eating with their mouth shut without hurting their feelings?" Oh boy! And I'm thinking they mean eating with their mouth open, <laughs> without hurting their feelings. Right, right.、Uh, you know, that's a landmine one, <laughs> isn't it? Though, <laughs> so sadly, when it comes to someone's Table manners, how they dress, how they present themselves. If it's a spouse or a coworker, we we can't go there. We, we just can't because it's not received well, and it's really kind of none of our business.、Mm-hmm. And especially when it's something around something that could be seen very personally, like you're judging me, and. Even though you think, well, I could really help this person because they are, they potentially are alienating people who don't want to see them chew their food with their mouth open.、Mm-hmm. If it's a spouse or a family member,、um, or as I said, a colleague, you just can't go there, or even a friend. Yeah. And 
you just have to hope that someday they'll they'll figure it out. <laughs> they'll catch a sight of themselves in the mirror and realize, oh, oops. <laughs> exactly. Or book a reservation at a restaurant with a mirror and yeah. make sure they're facing it. Exactly. <laughs> well, here's a question, and, and I apologize because I forgot this point until now, so I should have brought it up before we hit record. Um, but I remember reading just a few weeks ago, and, th- and that's what makes this question so timely, someone writing about how they are, I don't know if they were they considered themselves a highly sensitive person or what the condition was, but there is actually a condition where people are really activated by certain sounds and like mouth noises oh. is one of those things where it just uh-huh. it's not even just you're grossing me out, but it's like it's impacting my nervous system, (laughs) Um, you know, and I really can't help how I'm responding. And this person doesn't say that that's the case. And so I would have to assume that it's, it's probably more of what we were first talking about, where it's like, okay, that kind of grosses me out. But like you said, I really can't go there. Mm -hmm. Um, What if it is something that it does feel like this is impacting me. It's yeah. not just about preference, but it's somehow having an effect. Yeah. Then I think that there is cause for saying something because you you have a medical diagnosis, a medical reason for it affecting you. Mm-hmm. And you would need to present it in a way where it's very clear that you're saying, I was diagnosed with this condition of and I'm forgetting the term for that. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm going to have to look it up because. Yes, but it's... I do know what you're talking about. That it is a real condition, and when you chew, the way you chew is really affecting my nervous system. Mm-hmm. And you know, if the person then says, "Well, what do you mean?" You know, well, you make a lot of sound when you're chewing, and I know you don't mean to. You know, so give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It's really affecting me, and I want to be able to dine with you, and it's not a reflection on you at all. It's totally my issue. Mm -hmm. So it has to be really about the person asking this other person that it's their issue, not the other person's issue. Yeah, that's a great distinction um, to to make it about, it's like my personal thing. It's not about you. Mm -hmm. It seems like that would make all the difference. Yeah, definitely. I think people would be a lot more receptive to hearing it that way. And the difference between that is it is, medical condition or it is a a real response Mm -hmm. as opposed to I'm just grossed out and and that's a little bit harder to deliver that message without hurting someone's feelings so that's why I say best not to go there yeah yeah definitely well and I think if you do have to say something you know say it is something that's um, diagnosed and affecting you physiologically and you are going to see this person again, like like we're also assuming it's family or friend or or colleague, um, and that Mm -hmm. eating together or doing whatever activity it is together is a regular occurrence. You know, I'm a fan of transparency and saying, I really had to think about how to ask this of you, or I feel kind of embarrassed to ask this or whatever it is to sort of lower, I would hope lower the other person's defenses, Mm -hmm. like to make yourself vulnerable in that way. Um, It's hard to be mad at somebody or to be offended by somebody when they say, 
you know, I'm really nervous about saying this, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I have to. I agree. I think when you can really, again, make it about you, and it does make it easier to deliver that message, and people are going to be more receptive to it, as opposed to, it's really disgusting to see (laughs) you eat because you chomp with your mouth open. Mm -hmm. No one's going to receive that well. So making yourself vulnerable and how it's just a request because you have this problem. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Are there, you know, you mentioned a few other things that are kind of off limits. Um, I think you mentioned, you know, things that have to do with hygiene or eating habits and, and things like that. Anything else that feels like it's generally off limits unless there's that compelling, you know, maybe medical reason to say something? I think, you know, anything about how someone carries themselves, how they present themselves, their personal hygiene, their, you know, their posture, maybe how they speak, you know, things that are really sort of part of who someone is, those are pretty difficult things to comment on. You know, you could see someone has really horrible posture and it, you know, it's really affecting them. But as a friend or a family member, that's again, it's probably not going to be taken well and it's almost really not your business. Mm-hmm. They have to deal with that, with the consequences or they have to come to terms with something like that. Maybe a doctor says, I see some issues that are causing you back problems, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and hygiene, hygiene's really a hard one too. I mean, if someone is constantly having body odor, then, you know, maybe it is something that you would want to say and and really phrase it as something like, I bet you're not aware of this, but occasionally you have a stronger body odor than other times, and and I'm sure you wouldn't want that, and and so I I just thought I'd let you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's hard. It's really hard to share something like that with someone who is kind of a peer. Yeah. Yeah. The exception to that, and this is at one place, or actually two places, I would say, where it is appropriate, is when you're an employer and it's an employee and it's affecting their job, their job performance or their ability to have people work with them or, you know, their client interactions, then absolutely. And then the other example is children. Not adult children, but children. Mm-hmm. So what's an example of what that situation might be and how you would approach it? Actually, I had a client ask me this just recently. One of their employees talked very loudly on the phone, and the office, the people all around this person was really affected. They they were, you know, couldn't focus on their work, and it was hard for them to hear their phone conversations. So I said, just simply take this person aside and say, you're probably not aware, but when you talk on the phone, your volume gets pretty loud, and it's making it difficult for the people that work with you to concentrate. Can you try talking quieter? Yeah. So just delivering it straightforward, say, you know, what it is and how it's affecting others and also make it clear that they're not doing it on purpose. Yeah. Unless they are. (laughs) And then you've got another issue. Yeah, then you've got another (laughs) issue. Then maybe it's a performance (laughs) issue. But yeah, yeah, typically people don't know about those issues that, that are affecting others. Yeah. Well, I want to circle back and catch something you said a moment ago, and that was about children. Mm -hmm. You said something about not adult children, but children, children, and addressing things with them. What's an example of that? So 
So, for instance, a child who chews with his mouth open, or maybe when you're out and about and you're, you're greeting other adults and your child holds back and doesn't say anything, it's really, you're still forming that little being, and <laughs> that your child probably doesn't know that they need to chew with their mouth closed or the importance of saying hello to a neighbor. So it is incumbent upon you as a parent to help, help guide your, your children to understand what is appropriate and isn't appropriate. That is the age when they need to learn about appropriate behavior and table manners, etc. Yeah, and it's probably helpful to be pretty direct about it, you know, nice about it, but you can't um, just hint around that it's a good idea to say hello or to chew with your mouth closed. You know, parents kind of have permission to be a little bit more direct, I would think. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. And kids don't always get hints. So exactly. Yeah, come right out and say, you know, John, did you know that you chew with your mouth open? <laughs> I bet you didn't know that. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And what I really want you to try to do is to close your lips when you're chewing yeah. or, you know, role model, John, say hello to our neighbor, Mary. Mm-hmm. And, and also prepping that child beforehand and saying, when we go out and about, it's really important that you greet the adults and the people that we meet when we're out. Yeah. So yes, being direct, definitely. Well, and your your point about the children brought up in my mind this differentiation between, like you said, um, children don't know any better often because they're they're still learning. Adults often know better, and so that makes a difference in if or how we approach the topic. So it seems like there's also a place for considering like the cultural norms and whether even an adult might not know what is appropriate in a particular setting. And that might be anything from a cultural difference, like you might be in a different country even, where mm-hmm. one particular behavior is acceptable and another's not, and you just don't know it and you need somebody to tell you directly. Or it might be a workplace culture thing where that environment has very specific norms that you have to be introduced to. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a perfect opportunity to discuss those more challenging topics because you've got the cultural differences as your reason for bringing it up. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it makes more sense to say, did you know that in our workplace, you know, our culture is that you say hello to people when you pass them in the hallway. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when we're in Japan, you know, it's really important where we sit. It needs to be based on authority. And so, you know, making it clear that there is some cultural norms that need to be followed. And that is the reason for for stating an issue or, or something that you see as a problem. Yeah. And in those cases, if you're on the receiving end of that feedback, to be gracious about it, you know, to recognize it's not personal, but someone's actually trying to do you a favor. Absolutely. Yes. It's always hard getting kind of critical feedback, Mm -hmm. but it is usually something that there's some truth to it. And being able to stop and say, hmm, okay, that hurts a little bit, but there's something I probably should look at with that. Yeah. Yeah. If we assume best intent on the part of the other person. Exactly. That can go a long way. It really can. That's a nice way of putting it. Well, what about times that it feels uncomfortable and we wish that we could not go there, <laughs> but 
it is perhaps worth saying something. Yes. So the things that come to mind for me are things like if you see someone, including a stranger who has their fly open, do that person a favor by letting them know. Mm -hmm. It's probably one of the hardest things to do, but it is the nicest thing to do for someone. And just, you know, state it matter-of-factly, don't get upset or, you know, don't don't get all embarrassed about it. Just quickly say something like, mm-hmm. now, I don't know how many men know the expression, your barn door is open or the barn door is open, but you could try with, try that. <laughs> <laughs> what I learned when I was a kid was XYZPDQ. That's another one, yes. Another one would be something like, you know, seeing someone with something in their teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, something where you're helping them. It's It's not like a, a permanent situation, like someone chews with their mouth open all the time Mm -hmm. you know it's part of who they are it's a it's a temporary thing uh maybe a temporary lapse or a temporary they don't notice that they had some spinach in their teeth which is not necessarily about them it just happened yeah so that's kind of the distinction and that's something that we do want to help someone out with so discreetly tell them looks like you've got a little spinach in your teeth or someone told me that she came out of the bathroom at her boyfriend's work party and her slip was tucked into her pantyhose. <laughs> and she walked around for a while. Everyone just didn't say anything until finally someone did say something. And she was mortified that no one had said anything to her oh, yeah. all that time. So then it made her feel even worse that no one had stopped her earlier. Yeah, it, it makes me think like if you think if you wouldn't be embarrassed to find out whatever it was had happened to you, like you had spinach in your teeth or your slip, if you would be embarrassed to find that out, then they would be embarrassed, <laughs> most likely. True. If you would appreciate someone telling you, they probably would appreciate being told. Exactly. Kind of a do unto others sort of uh, way of looking at it. Yeah, it is. And I think when we focus more on I'm helping someone rather than I'm chastising someone or I'm embarrassing someone, right. it's got a little different flavor to it. Definitely. The last thing I want to ask you about is something we were chatting about before we uh, hit record, and that was kind of little domestic things <laughs> that might come up around the house that mm. for me I know personally <laughs> I have this weird little thing where I can get kind of bent out of shape if the dishwasher isn't loaded the way that I think it should be and I'll just kind of move things around and every once in a while I think should I say something and then I'm like nah it's not worth it it's my issue <laughs> so what do you say about those kinds of situations I totally understand and if I husband and I actually went through this with the towel, how the towel was being folded. (laughs) I like to have it folded so that when you put it on the towel bar, it just hangs like it should. You know, mm-hmm. It's hard to describe that. <laughs> I enough. was going to say how it should according to you or your husband. <laughs> well, see, exactly. So we had, a, we had a lot of conversation around it. And basically what I came down to was me saying, would you be willing to fold the towels this way. So when we put it on the towel bar, you don't have to unfold it and refold it. And when I make a request, I can't expect a yes. Mm-hmm. I might get a no, but he may say yes, and that's great. Mm-hmm. It's a request. It's not a demand. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you and and I also like that you said, is it worth it? You know, a <laughs> lot of the little pet peeves that we have are just our little quirks, our little ways of you know doing things, and sometimes it's it isn't worth it. Sometimes yeah. we just say, you know what, is it really that big of a deal that I have to move some things around in the dishwasher, or I have to unfold the towel and refold it? Mm-hmm. And other times it is. Yeah. And and again, you just go back to saying, making the request letting them say yes or no, and then living with that. Yeah. I think of the toilet paper, too. Does it go over or under? (laughs) (laughs) These things that get us wrapped up in knots, and it certainly keeps you busy. (laughs) It does keep me busy. That is true. (laughs) Well, thank you for shedding some light and giving us some perspective on some of these trickier communication issues that all of us face at some point. And uh, as always, it's, it's great to talk with you. And thank you so much for sharing with us. Oh, you're so welcome, Beth. Thank you for engaging me and and having me laugh. It's always a pleasure being with you. (laughs) Thank you. Remember when Arden and I spoke about the condition where certain sounds, such as someone eating, are literally nerve-wracking? I looked it up, and it's called misophonia, and it's defined as a hatred of sound. Those with the condition will often respond with an intense fight-or-flight reaction to trigger sounds, such as hearing people eat or a pen clicking. I picked up that information from an article in a UK paper, and I will share the link to that article on the episode webpage. I have a sense of what that's like, as small sounds such as a pen click or someone rubbing on paper or their clothing they will absolutely drive me up the wall. Eating noises can also activate me, like being in close proximity of someone eating a crunchy food. I don't know if I'd be officially diagnosed as having misophonia, but I can certainly sympathize with those who do. When I first heard Arden's response to the listener's question, I wondered if the listener might be a little disappointed. Not because Arden isn't a consummate expert, but it's hard to hear that there's really not much that you can do about something that's bothering you. In those situations, all we can really do is make a choice to take care of ourselves. In some cases, that might mean removing yourself from the environment when the offending behavior happens. Or maybe you look away or distract yourself with something else. If that's not possible, you might have to make an intentional effort to focus on another person for the duration. There's also the option to choose not to be bothered by it, to just accept that it's a quirk that makes that person who they are. You might think of the serenity prayer and put the behavior in the category of accept the things I cannot change. My call to action to you is to notice if you are consistently activated by the personal habits of someone close to you. The habit might be related to a household chore or the choices that another person makes about their food, clothing, or hygiene. Reflect on whether it's a habit that's really worth bringing to their attention and what your motivation is. For instance, if you don't like the way the other person puts the silverware away in the silverware drawer, and again, that might sound trivial, but when someone is pushing your buttons, your buttons are pushed, (laughs) think about why it bothers you. Is it because it's not how you would put it away? If so, that could be and most likely is about control, and it certainly is a personal preference, and it might not be worth mentioning. 
Is it about safety? For instance, they always put the knife tips facing front, and you've nicked your finger a few times. In that case, it's worth mentioning it and sharing that you've injured yourself and would appreciate it if the knives could be put away differently. Practice discerning if an irritation that you feel is a concern that's causing objective harm or discomfort in some way, or if it's more about personal preferences and it's not really doing anyone any harm. Consider if you would appreciate someone telling you about your annoying habit if the tables were turned, or if you would feel hurt or offended by their sharing. Most of the time, it's probably most appropriate to just let it go. Your relationship is ultimately more important than whatever that irritating behavior is. If you want to submit your own interpersonal communication question for response in a future episode, you'll find information about how to do that on the submit a question page on howcanisaythis.com. You should also know that I offer facilitation and interpersonal communications coaching services. If you'd like to learn more, send me a quick email at beth at howcanisaythis.com. And please, I appreciate your patience as my inbox can sometimes get quite full and it might take me a little bit, but I will get back to you. And contacting me does not obligate you to anything. It just gets us connected so that we can have a conversation about what you're looking for and determine if we're a good fit for one another. Please, I do encourage you to be in touch if I can be of service. And I hope that you'll decide to share this episode with any family, friends, or colleagues that you think might find it interesting. I also appreciate your reviews and ratings on whatever platform you find this podcast. And please subscribe and come back for future episodes. Be part of the movement to bring more courageous communication into the world. This is Beth Bilo, and you've been listening to How Can I Say This? Our podcast producer is Paul Messing, and our theme music is by Brett Anderson. Thank you for joining me today, and many thanks to our anonymous listener for the very thought-provoking question. I hope we gave you some comfort and insights that will help you to navigate that situation in the future. And I invite all of you listening to take what you've learned here and use it to speak up, speak out, and speak courageously. Speak courageously.